yes, what a wonderful weekend it is, and what a week it has been with the weather. Fun weather this week. Great weather. Beautiful Exciting. weather. Days are shorter, though. Days are shorter, but the moon has been getting larger. Out in the spa, 104 <laughs> degrees the other night. It's true. 104 degree spa, about 36 in the weather nice. around us. I know. It's and awesome. a possum the size of a wolverine. <laughs> Walk right up to the spa, <laughs> and Belinda's back was to it, and it just went. <laughs> it's not. And she said, "What is that?" No. I said, "Well, um, right there behind." And I, I'm surprised all of Houston did not hear her when she turned around. Did you get the nine iron? <laughs> Nine iron, nothing. <laughs> I've never seen anyone eject themselves out of a spa and land feet first inside of the kitchen. She should have stayed in the water. <laughs> I was scared. I mean, he was face level with it, face to face. I saw him sitting there in the spa. I turned, and there he was looking at me in his eyes. He was just as scared. But she took one step to get out of the spa, and that gray. step was on top of my he head. Was, <laughs> Sean didn't move. <laughs> But anyhow, it was scary. It was wonderful being out there. Then every leaf and branch and oh. <laughs> wind blown. I'm like, there's another one. It was, it was funny. But anyway, it's been great, great weather, and um, which is why this time of year it's so much fun to be developing backyards because people live in them right away. I mean, it's just beautiful, fun. The best entertainment weather you can have. I like to hear about the activities that people are wanting to do. Sometimes they're motivated because they've got a wedding or they've got family reunions or they've got, they're finally going to create that backyard for their husband or, you know, um, they've been given gifts for Father's Days at Christmas. And it just is nice to see whatever it is, that motivation. So that passion begins to get um, the dreaming of the space. You know, I love Well, sometimes the that. passion turns to panic. <laughs> I've talked to a few people who said we invited how many people over for Thanksgiving? We, wh where, where are they going to be? That's true. I mean, so, with all the kids and the activities, we talked about that last week. Well, I'm sorry, I talked about paper, it. You were paper uh, towels, or you were uh, shopping last week. Oh, <laughs> at the Nutcracker Mart. So if y'all were there and I but didn't I see you, I was talking sorry. about that last week. There was another panic. That place was holy mackerel. Thursday was the largest number that had ever been there really luckily the day i went yes that was it that was oh, okay a big day so oh <laughs> it was well you you spent the whole weekend there the whole weekend yeah going back but you know yeah it's an experience you have to go at least once michael sean along with belinda and kelly so much easier and more fun to do this when you're here thank Aww. you for showing up again is that nice yeah <laughs> you missed one and i know i think i'm gone forever it huh. could have been i mean i was waiting for the reaction and the, the mail came in. I thought, boy, I better make sure you don't shop much We more. are changing churches, though. <laughs> <laughs> I told too many stories about you. I'm it was kidding. an embarrassment, I know. No. Okay, so we're going to talk about this one project. And maybe we should talk about how, maybe just the very first appointment. Because like so many people, they these folks had seen some of the work we had done. I think they saw some of the advertising, but they also, they'd, seen, they'd gone to the website and they looked at all the... All the great photography we have on the website, which is pretty critical when what you do is just visual is what we do. So uh, if you haven't seen our website, I would strongly suggest you have some fun and, and just peruse it and take a look and see if there's any ideas in there that you may want to develop around your property. The website's www.mirrorlakedesigns.com. And it's always a great way, I think, of finding 
um, things that spark your interest or get your imagination going. Not just our stuff, but any magazines at all. Magazines with photographs, websites. Take a look at all the things that you see that you might think, wow, this is really cool stuff. This like is outdoor how, living. Right. This is how I want cooking, to live grilling, outdoors. Swimming. And it's, it's not, um, I probably games. misspoke there, not really the stuff, but start developing how you want your lifestyle to be outdoors. And that's what these folks do. So I go out there, we introduce ourselves. They had the prettiest dog too. They're just, you know, anyway, we sat there talking with them. Now they had talked to three or four pool people before and somehow they finally brought us in and Probably we were last because we were the only ones charging a design fee, to be quite honest. <laughs> People usually go to us last, and after talking to everyone else, thinking, wow, maybe there's a reason they do charge a design fee, except after talking to all these yo-yos. <laughs> but anyway. Well, you're back to that uh, buying an item, right? All right. So so they call us in, and I think what was different, it was after about 15 minutes of talking with them, they really became very animated. And I think... The difference was we started asking about how do they plan on living in the backyard? How old are the children? How do they entertain? How long have they been in the house? Are there kids in different groups where they want to be bringing their friends over? Is it a situation where they're going to be living in the backyard? Are they really outdoor type people? Do they like gardening? Are they going to be out there cooking and entertaining? Because those are really the key questions on how you use the property is much more important than the stuff that you want to put in. Well, you know, you, you bring that up, but we ought, to, we ought to stop because I think that if you've ever gone to uh, maybe an accountant or a bookkeeper and you're taking, say you're taking your taxes and you want someone to review and have those, there are people that will sit on the other side of the desk and take the things that you've brought in and never really communicate to you. And then they'll give you back a package of what they've observed. And then there's there's the person that you find. You drive a little further. You have to pay a fee to sit down with them for that one hour. And they do more for you in one hour right. than you've had in the last 12 years with the last bookkeeper or accountant or whoever it is, a banker, somebody that says, here's your investments. Here's some ways to just recategorize this. It's all legal, but you're putting these in the wrong box, <laughs> right? But And that's kind of what we do. And, and when you go out there and it's an investment, but you're pulling their goals out, their lifestyle, you're asking the right question that begin to trigger the dream in that homeowner to say, wow, yeah, I, I do want a place for my mom. I do want a place for the kids. We have always dreamed about a pool. I don't understand the elevations. We've got such a slope in the backyard. Which is very important because this particular backyard had about a six and a half to seven foot drop from the uh, front door going back to the back gate. And there's a little pond out there behind them. But in talking to them how they wanted to live in the yard without asking about what kind of pool do you want? Where do you want to put it? I mean, those are, and I found out later, that's what everyone was asking them. And I, it, I don't even know if I ever got into that part until I found out, that okay, definitely a pool is going to work for them. Because when I first talk to people about a swimming pool, if they call us up about a pool, as I start asking about how they want to live outdoors, I usually get to the question about why on earth do you want a swimming pool? And they look at me like I'm crazy because, well, didn't we call you out for a swimming pool? And I said, well, you did, but I think what you really called me out for is to develop a great living space in the backyard. And we're going to make sure that a pool is part of that living space according to what your real goals are. Because the amount of money that goes into a swimming pool can develop some really great things out there if you do not put a pool in. So you always want to make sure that the pool is part of that goal um, arena there that you're putting together and make sure that's really part of the answer. So we spoke with them for a long time. And we finally finished up and 
they said, wow, with you are definitely the person doing the design for us. We're going to get this thing going because you understand. Because we talked about they had kids at various ages. One was in college, one in high school, one in junior high. And they just wanted to make sure they could live outdoors. So, of course, that was right in our bailiwick because he liked grilling and cooking when he was home. He traveled a lot, but and she loved gardening. She loved doing the flowers and doing a little pruning over here, making cuttings and bringing them in. And the idea of having plantings that attracted butterflies and hummingbirds. So we go through the whole thing, different elevations, different ways of living in the pool, how the pool can be not just this body of water, but part of the design in the whole backyard where you have different activities in the water, which is something that... I guess most people don't consider that either. Is the pool is really just a a living space that happens to be wet. But the pool needs to be designed the same way anything else does. This is the high activity area. This is where the kids are going to be jumping and splashing and jumping off of whatever ledges you're going to have and falling in. This is going to be a place where the, the kids run and dive and catch the Nerf ball or whatever you're throwing. Do they still make Nerf balls? <laughs> they do. Okay. But they, they catch whatever you're throwing to them. So you go through all the activities the activities that you want to have determines the design of the pool, not the other way around. And apparently that's not done that way very much, but that's that's how we designed this whole thing. So in putting all this together, they decided we were going to um, do the design. And we kind of started off there, except for the one thing is we walked out to the car. And as we're getting in, they have a very strange lot. Their driveway was over 130 feet long. And this is, it's a, a cul-de-sac lot. But the house, rather than facing the cul-de-sac. So you have the pie-shaped front yard. Right, right. Well, this one doesn't. Right. Because that was what was so strange. The, the house was situated at a 90-degree angle mm -hmm. to the street. They had tilted the house so that it was really parallel with the right side of the property line. Yeah, it was It was really kind of, kind of a strange set. And in doing so, you had this long driveway that drove up, and then you saw the side of the house, which was probably the least... Um, photogenic, so to speak. The garage. <laughs> you know, three garage doors there. So as we're getting in the car to leave, um, the wife says, uh, well, maybe maybe when, when you're done in the backyard, we'll do something about the front yard here. At which point I looked at her. I said, yes, this is the most god-awful, ugly front yard and entrance to a house I've ever seen. <laughs> the, the hair... Grabbed he, Sean by the neck and stuffed him in the car. <laughs> <laughs> so are you trying to get... And say, you, let's don't always say what you're thinking. Are you trying to lose this job before <laughs> we even have a chance to put a uh, pencil down on it? But it was funny because when I told him that, um, of course, they started laughing. And, uh, and they say to me, well, you're really not trying to... Uh, you're just not going to try to talk your way into this job, are you? You're just going to tell us what you think. I said, oh, you know how ugly it is and everyone else does. You wouldn't have well, to it was just uncomfortable, wasn't it? It was just no, the it was way funny. it faced in well, and oh, the oh, narrow you're... sidewalk. And yeah, it was yeah. Just the but they were laughing and saying, well, we kind of thought so too, but you're the first person to ever just say it out loud to I us. I know, but you know, when you walk into a room or you first come up, and that, that entryway when you walk to the front door had begun aggravating you already because it was an it was an odd way to get to the front door in order oh, yeah. to communicate to yeah, get the, to the, the whole, backyard. The, yeah, the and whole so setup was, was um, well, it's, it's what I call the hidden entryway. You can't see where you're supposed to go. Right. We're going to discuss that when we do the front. But I was just laughing. I said, well, the thing is, it wasn't, you know, you, you don't you don't say nasty things about their dog or their kids, but on something like this where they all know, I'm just saying what's obvious. And it'll work out in the end, I promise. So we drive back and he's just still sweating. <laughs> he couldn't believe I said that to him. It was really interesting because this really... The planting around this is really fun, and that was very, very critical. And it was, it was interesting because the more I talked to the clients, 
And you almost have to give them permission sometimes to say what they're really thinking, I think, because we found out how important the garden atmosphere was, how important that they were really were looking for a garden setting in that garden lifestyle that just happened to have a pool as part of it. Well, you know, I think we ought to go back a little bit further, like that first meeting where we had just, you know, talked about your questioning and drawing out all that information from them. In addition to that, I know I've been with you so many times on a new project where you go out there that very first call, and it's not really that the customer said anything about, boy, we really want the neighbor to stop looking at us from that two-story window, but you'll pick up on that, or you'll say, wow, that window looks right down into their backyard, or they don't have any privacy out here if they're going to put their patio on this side, or you start seeing these little elements, and the Harringtons, did they talk about all those things while you were out there? Were you picking them up? So when you put that package together, that 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 first design, that that layout, did you know all of these elements or you just began to put them in once you had observed a lot? Well, we had a big group of things because we talked about the goals of how they wanted to live. And then you start doing the wander through the uh, through the backyard, wandering around, looking at different angles, looking at how, where things might be, looking for the best places that a patio could be developed, the best sight lines where the sun goes down. You know, it's interesting because the best view of a piece of property quite often is always with the sun at your back. So what time of day you're going to be outdoors makes a big difference. If you're a person who likes to get out there early in the morning or you spend lots of weekend mornings out there, it's important to know that because you don't want to be looking into the sun very often. Usually you want the sun behind you highlighting everything that you're looking at. And it makes a big difference. So if people are out there in the late afternoon, early evening, usually you want to set up a certain kind of situation so it's better for them as compared to the morning. Now, many times you set up these different little seating areas and one area flows into another and you can end up developing more than one spot so you can move during the times of day that you're going to be out there. And that's kind of a big deal. It's funny because you've done more than that. You're like this... uh this hunter that, that you're going out there and you're really in search of either the damage, the trouble areas, or what's been tracking back there. Like, for instance, the roof, you know, you'll see uh, these areas where uh, the valley has dumped so much, you know, the valley of the roof has dumped so much water and there's this big erosion issue off a corner. And, you know, we just think, oh yeah, they, we need to fix that. And, but we see it as that bed needs replenished with, you know, new soil and plants and try to put a little something a little hardier. And you see it. Why did that happen? And you're searching out for, here's the evidence of what happened. And it's, he's <laughs> a like a detective. CSI. I know. I'm like, I just love that about you because, you know, I don't see always the reason for it. Um, you're going right to the source, though. Well, sometimes when you water through the backyard, too, you realize you've got a great view back to a certain part of the house that no one ever sees because no one ever gets to that part of the yard. You think, wow, if we could do something to draw people down to this area or over to this side of the house, look at the view that you have that you probably, you know, no one's ever noticed. Or sometimes you wander around and say, look how horrible this view is. Well, we either have to screen this, make sure no one gets back here because you don't want to draw people back to this beautiful little gazebo in the back and then say, you're looking into the worst view of the neighbor's garage you're ever going to get. So those are all important things. You just have to wander around and just keep generating ideas. I think that's the one thing that I was for, so fortunate to have a great professor back at Texas A&M who forced us to do quick designs over and over and over and over again. And, okay, do a quick design, great. Throw it away, it's no good. Do another one. Throw it away, it's no good. And we hated him back in school. We hated this guy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think we spent more than one night talking about how to wire his car up. Oh, but stop no, it. It, was, it was so bad. And he just, he was ruthless. And his name was uh, Dick Moore. 
And Dick Moore was the, the professor there that we absolutely, oh my gosh, hoping one day he'd fall down the stairs. Now it oh, was, stop. No, it was, it he was just horrible. You, huh? Pushing you to another level. And looking back, it was some of the best um, training I ever had. How you just go through one idea after another, one idea after another. You say, whoa, 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 back up. That's got promise. Set that aside. Go through a few more. Okay, that's got promise. Set it aside. And you start narrowing down these different possibilities. In fact, we're doing a design like that right now. I'm going to be showing somebody uh, this weekend or a following weekend. It's a uh, it's a design that I had to go through six or seven different layouts in the backyard because of it was such a difficult design. But that's a, a great process. And I think um, usually most people don't have the time or they don't have the inclination to do that. They fight one thing and they keep forcing it. But sometimes you just have to say, throw it out. It's no good. Do another one. So, and that's how we kind of developed this backyard, looking at the different, there you had a few privacy issues, but in finding out that, that she really loved planting and gardening, I started working up, even before I knew where it was going to go, certain plant combinations that I really love to work with. Um, I love azaleas. A lot of people do not like azaleas. They don't think they can grow them. I think usually it's bad bed preparation, bad um, root preparation on the plant, but I love azaleas. And I think that if you get the right plant in the right location, there's this uh, one called Red Formosa, which is a deep burgundy, almost a uh, almost a maroon color. Don't know why I would like that so much, but <laughs> it's it's a, it's beautiful. It's one of the Formosa, uh, one of the Southern Indica's big plant grows four or five feet, big leaves, full, um, lots of leaves, and these beautiful, beautiful deep wine colored um, flowers that open up in the early spring. They're so beautiful with other light colors going around them, like the George Tabor azalea or the, uh, some of the small pink ones like conversation piece azalea or the bridal respirea, the big white has such a great, that maroon and white go to, yeah, it could have been a you reason. Are. You keep that maroon and white, that. <laughs> that's right. But it's such a beautiful color. And you start mixing that, even, even the plum delight lower petalum, you put all these things blooming at the same time. And it is something you just sit there with your mouth open going, look how beautiful this is. Well, and I think one advantage, too, is knowing the, the azaleas and the different times. You know, they bloom for two weeks, and it's such a festival of, of, of explosion of color that, you know, when that, those are tapering off, another one begins, another flavor or uh, seasoning right, right. starts. And then you, you're always having some type of color. When you sprinkle those in throughout the yard, I think that the azaleas can work. And if you've had trouble with them, don't give up on them because they maybe were planted poorly or wrong or in a, you know, a, a not draining area where it just had such poor drainage that you have to, you know, try them again in a better spot or add some sand. Right. But we had those in an area of, uh, so we had that whole group together with forest pansy red buds, which give you those deep, shiny maroon burgundy uh, leaves when they open up. So anyway, we had all that and I knew I was going to use that someplace, but I wasn't sure. I knew that I was going to be using a Texas mountain laurel with firecracker plant and plumbago and rosemary. That was going to be a cluster. And I started working some of these beautiful combinations that I just, I just think are, are such beautiful, you know, plantings. We use Japanese yew. I love using Japanese yew, again, with something like a, a fluffy plant, because the Japanese yew is such a dark, green, fine texture. It's kind of a stiff, More upright, upright plant. yeah. So you can use that, and it really works well with um, anything which is soft and fluffy. It could be lantana. It could be plumbago. Mm -hmm. It could be a firecracker plant, but something like that. We had hummingbird bush in there, I mean, where they could just take off and grow like crazy. And she loves the birds those and hummingbirds. Yeah, yeah. So I knew that we were going to be doing that, and the butterfly bushes. So we mm -hmm. had those that we knew we were going to be using. And I think the butterfly bush works really, really well 
with something like a dwarf yopon in front of it. Because again, you got the butterfly bush, it's just kind of a, a big fluff ball. So you need some kind of contrast. So if you come in front of that with a dwarf yopon, which is, and even keep them clipped in little round balls or something like that, where they're, they're very tight, they're very dense, they're very compact. They really show off the difference in texture, variety, and contrast. Right. So, What's that controlled chaos, keeping those things that are those woolly butterfly bushes or firecracker plants or that plumbago that is fluffy and kind of out of control sometimes, just contained in an area so it looks more like a flower arrangement spilling out or... And, you know, those views from inside the house out, looking at that Texas mountain laurel that you had talked about and, and looking underneath the view of, a you know, the canopy of a tree and you're looking beyond. And their property, and I know you talked about it, had, a, had such a nice slope to it that everything had to keep that view looking back and open because they had that wrought iron fence and they had to keep the view of the lake back there. But also um, they needed privacy on either side and those plants that were on the neighbor's property already, those giant wax models. A huge models. wax model There's a huge wall of evergreen that you began to build on their property with. Well, that was one reason items. when I saw that, I thought, what a great place to show off color because they had that deep evergreen screen on the neighbors. So that was the side of the house. We didn't really have to worry about screening too much. It was already there. Mm -hmm. But it was a great backdrop. So that was where I thought, okay, if I could get some type of view going into the explosion of azalea color or the summer color of plumbago and lantana and crepe myrtles. But we've got such a deep, dark background. I just knew that had to be one of the scenes going across the pool to that, to that beautiful stage just to show off different plant varieties. But the other thing, you, you went through it real quick. I want to mention on this before we take another break. The idea of looking, if you have a house with big windows in the back, and usually they're you know, they're barely off the ground. They go all the way up, maybe eight feet Size high. Size of plywood. Right. <laughs> yeah, huge. about a four by eight. But when you have these large windows, you know, looking back into any type of yard, there's a technique that really works well to either expand the size of the yard or to frame the view. And that's to plant trees relatively close to the house between you and the scene you're creating. Now, a lot of people are worried about trees, but I always invite people to come by the office to see this perfect example because they can see it when they walk in the door. You walk in and you have this, this view looking under the canopy of trees out to the pool, or out to our putting green or out to our garden. And when you look under a canopy, and I don't mean you're stooping, you're standing there, canopy's up above you, but you're looking out and when you see this, it frames that view, but it also creates almost a destination, this beautiful scene. You say, oh, I, I want to go out there. But you've got the trees up above, you're looking under the trees, some little planting through the windows, and that scene's been created. 